0: This is a honky-tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey, everybody. This is Ted DiBiase, yeah, the Made dollar man you are listening to. And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. Ladies and Holy gentlemen. shit. Ladies
1: and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> All right. That's oh, right, yeah. everybody. We're pretending to be stupid for this episode of The Wrestling Review because we're reviewing everyone's favorite. No, they're not, but they're very close to that. Ladies and gentlemen, Luke Williams, Butch Miller. It is the Bushwhackers.
2: Oh, baby. Did you understand the depth of how, like, Say that again, uh, How the how different their characters were in the territories? Like... These guys oh my actually, God, yeah. in the in the 80s were in barbed wire matches. Yeah, no, it was a, it's actually very interesting
0: cuz I sort of in shoot interviews and reading about them. A lot of people talked about how when they went to the WWF everyone was like, "What the fuck did they do to the sheep herders?" And I'd heard of this tag team called the sheep herders that were like oh, when the sheep herders come to your territory, they're going to fucking kill your grandma. Um, and I didn't <laughs> put it two and two together on who the sheep herders were until researching this episode, and then it was just like, oh, my sweet mother of sweet fuck, the sheep herders were the bushwhack? Like, it really shows the actual genius of these two wrestlers that they always were the unique thing in whatever organization they were in. That's what it, clearly what they're thought process was going into it so also they wrestled for literally ever
2: yeah man they didn't get to the WWF until they were in their mid-40s which shows they were like and the funny thing is they didn't go to the WWF knowingly because apparently like 1988 no one thinks of it this way but the touring schedule got like a whole fuck ton softer and that's the whole reason they went, is because they weren't doing, like, the A team and the B team weren't doing 300 dates a year anymore. They were doing, like, 200, and that's when these old men were like, okay, cool, we'll lick some kids. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, that's insane that that's also a light tour schedule. We're only doing 250 days a year. Oh, what a lovely, breezy time. I can't wait to come work for you.
2: Like, And they literally worked, like every fucking territory and the crazy thing is too they attribute this they attribute the fact with um they came up with the bushwhacker gimmicks i hope i'm not spoiling anything for later but they came up with a bushwhacker gimmick uh because they saw crocodile dundee and how like successful it was and they did a tour in memphis and they were like oh wait well let's just lick the kids on their faces instead (laughs) oh of course of course that happened in memphis (laughs) Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You it? know,
0: you know who came up with it. Jerry Lawler was Pedophile. like Jerry, Jerry Lawler, Lawler was just sat by a dumpster <laughs> licking a child's face, and they were like, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm showing you your new gimmick. Uh, do that for the rest of your career." And they're like, "Yeah, sure." A couple of other notes before we take should, that patented wrestler review deep dive. Should,
2: Jerry, if uh, the, if they gave Oscars, if they if they gave Oscars to um, people outside of the film industry, they should give. Jerry Lawler won for pretending to be attracted to full-grown women for the entire day of the Attitude Era. Mate, he's the Meryl Streep of professional wrestling. <laughs> What's Meryl Streep? Meryl. What is Meryl Streep? What is Meryl Meryl Streep? What? What's it a reference to? Is she? Is she banging on like ten year old boys? No, she's just an incredibly good actor. And the irony of
0: saying that Jerry Lawler is like a woman, something that he doesn't consider a person, is actually quite hilarious.
2: Yeah, there's like a crazy, and I don't think it's the direct reason he's been taken off television more or less, but there's a crazy interview with him about political correctness, where like you can hear, like you can read basically. the WWE officials running towards where they think the interview is being taken and just pushing Jerry Lawler. <laughs> like <laughs> blow darting him in the neck. Mid sentence, like oh, the hospital restless Like in back in my day, you get someone alone, there was no laws. And they're just <laughs> <"Whoo!"> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unconscious.
0: Yeah, they just fucking kill Todd Grisham. Mr. McMahon, why did you
2: have us kill Todd Grisham? He knows too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, So here's, our story begins in 1960 fucking six. What the fuck? They're known as the Kiwis. By the way, I've met people
0: from New Zealand. This is how fucking good these guys are at performing. They are not, they aren't like this. A, also their accent isn't that. That like weird, just like, like it's just that's i only they seem to talk that way like i think they have speech impediments and oh, are yeah. from new zealand and uh, oh and also did hardcore matches in the 80s back before they did any sort of protection like you know how do you go through barbed wire match in 1984 in uh louisville kentucky oh we put actual barbed wire around the ring and you hope your dick doesn't get caught oh okay good yeah yeah, yeah wrestling's fake <laughs>
2: Yeah, dude, like the, I mean, this is whatever, whatever, the, the, one of the barbed wire matches they have with the Fantastics is like, it looks like that, um, oh my God, the Punjabi prison match, but everything is barbed wire. Like the inside of the cage is barbed wire and they just have like a wooden cage on the outside. It's fucking insane. Um, but I do want to, uh, throw this out there. This is a butch. Butch was always seen as like the workhorse and like the star of the team, which you don't really think about till you like watch the matches back. But he was like the workhorse amateur wrestler. And in New Zealand, this is Butch saying this. In New Zealand, when he got started, um, have you ever seen a, ma- a pro wrestling match with rounds, John?
0: No, like you mean a brown okay, person? No, rounds. I've never watched that.
2: Oh, rounds! I thought you said with rounds. <laughs> oh, browns. Yo, yo. No. John. John. Yes, Dylan. That's rude, John.
0: Or I, or accurate.
2: Long speech about political correctness from John. Um, <laughs> I prescribe to, have- to the philosophy of Jerry
0: the King Lawler. If you're not like me, you're not a person. Who's that girl? Inappropriate. Coming for the
2: show. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they had to have a police permit. And they couldn't punch or kick, or the cops would stop it. That was a real thing. That's fucking. They crazy. had like they were like in 1966. They were just pretending it was 1916. Like, a, and uh, they were like, okay, imagine you're Butch, you're you're Butch, Butch Miller.
0: Like, like, just keep this in mind, everybody. You're Butch Miller. That's how you start in on wrestling. Is uh-huh. all of that sort of stuff. Oh, and also, by the way. The gobbledygooker in your career will also be a thing. Like, uh, Matt, he was in the back for the gobbledygooker, and you know he was just like, oh, what the fuck is this?
2: It's so crazy, too, because, like, they talk about how they went to Singapore uh, and Malaysia, not so much Japan, but Singapore and Malaysia, where it just was real, and then basically they would lose every night, but the crowd... All right, so, you know, we talk about how nuts Puerto Rico was, about how, like... There's just one string and Abdullah the Butcher's stabbing Carlos Cologne, and everyone is going nuts and the ring is in jeopardy and everyone's in jeopardy because there's one security guard with a machine gun there and he's the only one between life and death. Yeah. Uh, so apparently Singapore was like that, except the security guards just would run away. <laughs> so they said a lot of times that like these riots would start and the security guards would just be like, fuck this and get out of there. And then the, they, the Kiwis would have to uh, run away. Also, um, Butch was like basically had Sabu's gimmick where Luke would come out with Butch in a cage, he would release Butch as the wild man, and Luke was playing uh, a gay man, and uh, what do you think that they (laughs) thought a gay man was back then? I
0: would assume it's just like a man he can't read, and he's literally eating from a bowl of human (laughs) shit. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, actually. Wait a minute. This is Australia in the 60s. So it was all booked by the gayest man, Jim Barnett. Like, that's the crazy thing. It was, yes. So remember this. Any stereotype that is about to be exploited and ridiculous was perpetrated by a man who is gay. Like, the greatest smokescreen ever uh, for, like, who is just, he's a child's drawing of a gay man. Like, he, oh my boy. Ollie Anderson got him out because all he had to do was show a photo of his apartment to, um... Turner executives that were concerned about his expense account, and they're like, well, we have to fire this man. Look how garish his house is.
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's so weird that, like, the, the top of this... Well, I mean, it's very poetic. But the top of this, like, bunch of homophobes and this also very homoerotic thing is a gay man who, like, yes, did organize the Australian... Um, the entire Australian scene and Luke and Butch talked about they didn't really like Japan either because uh, Japan, it sounds weird, but it's like it was to them it came off as fake. I know it sounds weird, but it came off as fake to them, but they were still hitting you super hard. So it was like this thing where it's like you're being more fake, but then you're trying to overcompensate and make it more real so this makes no sense to it, which is a very interesting take on it
0: say all of that again uh, you lost you lost me at a certain point because you, you you took so many twists and turns and i uh was just uh uh reading the fact
2: uh i know you have <laughs> you have add or something I, some i have a giant head I would, some sort of umbilical cord around the neck disease. I have
0: an umbilical cord around the neck disease, and I was just reading the various names of ethnic tag teams in Stampede Wrestling in the 70s, and I just got lost in a racist fog that I can't describe.
2: Who Because these guys were the Kiwis. What were some other ones? Tokyo Joe and okay. Saki
0: are my two favorite that I'm looking at right now. Basically, Stuart <laughs> walked into a liquor store and said... What do you have that's Chinese? And they're like, well, Saki's Japanese. That's good. Uh, where does Saki come from? <laughs> uh, Tokyo. All right. You, you're Tokyo show, and you're Saki. And then later there's the great Saki, who's
2: clearly someone different. And they just added great to it.
0: I'm so oh sorry. Oh, my God, yeah.
2: Oh, uh. oh! And the Kiwis also uh, lost the title to uh, Stanley. Uh, Kowalski. Stanley Kowalski. <laughs> Which <laughs> uh, is that not the character from *Streetcar Named Desire*? Yes, the
0: wife beater and rapist from *Streetcar Named Desire*. This stew heart of *Streetcar Named Desire*, that's if you will.
2: Ridiculous!
0: <laughs> that is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, the I think love. Will be precious as mom and Stanley Kowalski. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Herders versus that doctor from *A Clockwork Orange* and. Those rapey three other guys <laughs> from Oklahoma College. Sheep murders versus Rodney Dangerfield in Natural Born Killers. And, <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> and Joe <laughs> Pesci from JFK. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go, buddy. Get in it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's
2: terrifying.
0: I feel so bad for that
2: ADD moment,
0: but I'm so happy that I've turned this to a Stanley Cool Okay, Stan, like,
2: Stu Hart, it doesn't seem, knew what he was doing. He just really trusts. No, it seems like he does because he really was like, what's a good name? Stanley Kowalski. Isn't that from that play? Uh, no one watches plays who likes this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first of
0: all, I'm actually shocked that you think that Stu Hart knew what a play was. You mean Dude, you
2: know who won the... Uh, guess who won the uh, title... In 1960, guess who like the 4th Stampede wrestling tag team champion was? Um <laughs> was Oh, not the 4th at all. Not um, the 4th at all, but he was a tag team champion in 1960. It was a Chinese guy named uh, Weird Eye Jap Face. <laughs> no, uh, Oh, no no no, no, no. no, I got it Wait was a, it,
0: it was a cowboy named John
2: Wayne. No, it was Gypsy Joe, buddy. Oh shit. Wait, how old of course is Gypsy Joe? My of course, Gypsy, Gypsy Joe I, Gypsy Joe died last year at 82. Oh
0: my god. I guarantee Stu Hart literally thought Gypsy Joe was the Stone Cold Steve Austin of wrestling. <laughs> and, uh, you can put any move you want on him and he doesn't die. It.
2: Yeah, this is the entire history of Stampede wrestling is like, what's your gimmick? Um okay, well we're uh from Japan. All right, so you're you Steelers. Anyway, you're going to be fighting these White Brothers. <laughs> Every team is either a brother's or very, very ethnic.
0: You're from the fruit stand, and that's why you're called the Kiwis, and you're going to fight these <laughs> two brothers. Uh, they attend <laughs> the Kiwis to and then... They're two brothers they now. They show you cock to me right now. I know what you're thinking one of them is a black fella, and the other one is a white fella. I'm calling them inappropriate.
2: Oh, and the other thing is... Um, uh, on their time in Stampede Wrestling, apparently uh, they were like, oh, did you get stretched in Stampede Wrestling? And they were like, no, we just said no. Yeah. Apparently that was the thing you could just do. They were like, he was like, you need to, get, you need to put you in the hold? And they were like, no. No. Yeah, but also, and then he's like, like, okay, yeah. you say that, but he had me. no way to put you in the hold, but like anyone else, if once you're in a hold, and the guy knows what he's doing, he's going to fucking kill you. Yeah, you 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 say that. He can't get you in the hold.
0: But Stu Hart literally would, like, he wouldn't. For all the stories, it was like he would sort of ask for permission. Like, hey, man, let go down in the basement. <laughs> it's just like,
2: oh, 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 what the fuck is going to happen there? And, you know, I'm going to... Yeah, never you. follow a man alone to a basement yeah, if you don't know him yeah. for at least five years. It, it never follow a man... Five years before you go to a basement alone. If there's a man with a, a black
0: leather pocket protector, do not go into a subterranean area with that man. If it is a man with auburn <laughs> hair in his seventies that's clearly from a bottle and his breath at best smells like whiskey, I wouldn't even be in alone with him. If it's a man named Stu, just avoid it. Anyone who doesn't who doesn't just go call
2: me Stuart by the age of fifty, that's trouble right there. <laughs> These guys are tough though, dude. They uh they here's something fun. Butch wrestled Peter Mayavia for the tenth Samoan independence. Peter Maivia, of course, won, but I'm sure the crowd reaction was negative when he did. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Take that, New Zealand. I've never been there. Actually, no, because New Zealand is the only
0: place where the natives people um, signed treaties uh, with um, the ensuing, uh, the uh, insurgent colonial forces because
2: they hid in the woods and just kept killing them. (laughs) That's good.
0: It's good stuff, mate. It's fucking good stuff.
2: So here's what happens. Of course, Stampede Wrestling leads right to, oh baby, Portland, and Mr. Don Owens. Of course, he goes to Crockett, and they said Crockett was the easiest territory. Yeah, it's the easiest
0: territory for the sheepherders. If you're coming from 60s New Zealand, where one of you is like, you're Sweet William, Uh, I'm not gay. I said you're sweet William. Then you work for fucking Stu Hart. And then you work for Don Owens, who seemingly is the only man Rowdy Roddy Piper respected. So who the fuck knows what that guy was like? Like, Rowdy Roddy Roddy Piper (laughs) would not wrestle for the WWF when they went to Oregon because of Don Owens. And like, Rowdy Roddy Piper was... He went in blackface on national television and claimed it was because he liked Michael Jackson. Who the f- like Don Owens I just assumed is a flannel sports coat and a gun like he's not even a man
2: <laughs> I yeah, think he's just a gun on a chair I think Don I, like Don I think Owens. Don
0: Owens is just rowdy Roddy Piper's wife Kitty in glasses and a wig and that's why he's truly scared is because he doesn't respect women so he just his wife had to get into drag to get him to do anything Rodney <laughs> Rodney you better clean up the shit or Don Owens is coming over
1: I don't like Don Owens okay all right. <laughs> oh no! Don't do that!
0: <laughs> oh, I will. I don't want. Uh, I don't want Arnold's to show me the gun in the chair. And g-
2: why does t- Why does Piper sound like Bill Cosby? Because <laughs> he is. He's Bill Cosby plus a bit of Calgary. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's Bill Cosby. No rage. That's the
0: refutation. Much more rage.
2: You speed up Bill
0: Cosby. Well, you know. Yeah, you
2: speed up Bill Cosby. That's. I don't like rapists.
0: Um, go ahead, Dylan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so he starts with for Don Owens, and uh, then he goes to Charlotte, and this is the crazy um, thing: is they were like, you're missing over your, your, time.
0: You are missing something.
2: They changed their
0: name very briefly here to what? Los Pastores. Why? Why the fuck are they called Los Pastores? <laughs>
2: Because they were in, uh, they were in Puerto Rico. Oh no! And, uh, they were in Puerto Rico, which what they basically for the number for the. Uh, w- they view Puerto Rican wrestling like we view a coffee shop, uh, because they had wrestled in Singapore and Malaysia. Oh, so they're like, oh, it's fine. The winner wins a real scared boy. <laughs> <laughs> it starts out fake, but then it gets real because that guy wants the boy. Yeah, what no one tells you is that.
0: Uh uh, Invader 2 tried to kill both Luke and Butch, and they actually ate the knife and just went,
2: Oh, that was our dinner in Malaysia. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that's why there are Los Pastores. Um, fun one, though. Uh, they, so they really liked working for Crockett in Charlotte because they said it was the easiest heat ever because all they had to do was come out like... And I never really thought of this, is that their whole gimmick was they're from New Zealand, which looked the flag, looked British enough that they just thought they were British. And this is during a time that, legitimately, this is how they recounted is like these guys believed the South was going to rise again, and they were so angry that just someone was from a different place. They just came out with the flag, they would have people carry the flag out with them and wave the flag the whole match, beat somebody. And then they're the type of team where it's like, they could job a thousand times and people wouldn't care because people fucking hated them so much because they were from a different place. Uh, And also white.
0: Do you understand that, you know what a betrayal that is to fucking hillbillies? Wait a minute. You're foreign and white. I don't know why I hate you, but you must be destroyed.
2: (laughs) What the? Uh, People had an aneurysm. I like the way you look,
0: but I don't like the way you talk. Um. <laughs> and they basically writ through every single one of the great tag teams of this day the fabulous ones uh, that's mostly the fabulous ones let's not forget about Rob Fuller and Joes the Duke and of course the fabulous ones
2: they fight well, the they, fa- they 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 fight the fabulous ones they a they lot the fabulous obviously. ones their entire life yeah but um they sorry uh butch actually goes back to Australia to wrestle. So, there becomes four years where uh, he teams with Jonathan Boyd, uh, which uh, is the time that Luke spends in Memphis, where he says he doesn't like Memphis because Jerry Lawler would apparently, when he was booking... Because there was six months on, six months off for Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett, and, or and or Bill booking, Dundee, or Bill
0: Dundee, or Bill Dundee. It would switch off between. Sometimes Jerry Jarrett would give it really? to Bill I'd Dundee. Really, I would
2: only heard. I would only heard the two ones. Yeah. No. Oh, really? Jerry Jarrett would give it to Bill Dundee.
0: Yeah, because Jerry Jarrett would also just be like, "Well, you know, I don't need to make more money, do more work for more of my giant
2: amount of money." <laughs> oh no, Jerry Jarrett was like. He saw me run over a man with the car, so he gets to beat whoever he wants for three minutes. Yeah, it's
0: pretty fucking crazy.
2: But uh, they feuded with uh, the Fabulous Ones for a minute, and here's a fun one. Um, this is when they started, hey, and then I am assuming Butch came back, and he was like, Luke, how's the old tag team? And he's like, we stab people now. They're like, what? He's like, that's, that's pretty much all I do. Yeah. I used to think you had to fall down, but you don't. You just get stabbed. <laughs> it's much easier on your back to be stabbed. Yeah. Uh, while
0: I do have various wounds in my body, I do not have CTE. This is what you could say about the bushwhackers.
2: <laughs> That's true, though. Abdullah the Butcher does not have CTE. He just has a bunch of stabs on his face.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating that they have no CTE, but also can pee out of various parts of their dick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dr. Clothesline stabbed in the head yeah. of it. How much of your That's dick
0: so can you pee out of?
2: <laughs> so... They start the new sheep herders uh, with Jonathan Boyd uh, Jonathan Boyd and rip Morgan go on to form another sheep herders team this is kind of this like, is the weird uh, part I like the midnight Express yeah and they're yeah. called the Kiwi sheep herders or the sheep herders and this is where I get
0: confused over who like who was the NWA sheep herders and who wasn't and they also don't ever really resolve it they just are like yeah they're also the sheep herders uh, but they're not
2: Fuck you. Yeah, and they do this weird thing where it's like, so Butch decides to move back to uh, North America because he loves money.
0: Yeah. and He loves money and probably also to needs, to, he needs yeah. to pay for rubbing alcohol to treat all of the razor wounds he has all over his body.
2: Oh, so weird to be like, honey, I got word. For, uh, I know I'm having a lovely time being in New Zealand with my family, but I got word from Luke that if we take uh, a bunch of uh, blunt force trauma to the fucking head, uh, they'll give us
0: $40. Yeah honey I know that I didn't know your name for the first bit of our marriage because I never saw you uh, but if you'll excuse me I need to fly back to North America and uh meet my one friend and we're gonna go make not nearly enough money to do what we're about to do so kiss who I assume are my children I will see them in 20 years when I need a walker oh by the way get ready to hear all the stories of me just smoking weed because that's what most of the wrestlers seem to talk about when they bring us up is they just go they love weed
2: <laughs> well, of course they do because they get stabbed and yeah like, they got what, stabbed you- what's a thing that i can do that makes me not feel like i was stabbed oh uh, yeah weed yeah
0: let's do a weed <laughs>
2: I like weed. This is This should be the face of marijuana ads. Just two guys who look like they're one truck driver somehow. <coughs> that is what they look like. They look, they're two two faces, one truck driver. <laughs> um, Which truck driver was it? Luke or Butch? I'm pretty sure that's the same thing but fine. It's Butch-Luke. Um, so yeah, they circle, basically,
0: circle the drain, not circle the drain, but they go back and forth continually from Puerto Rico to the NWA to the UWF to the NWA to the UWF to the NWA to the UWF. Um... Dropping and losing titles. They're brought in as an attraction because they'll just do crazy shit. It's basically they're the Abdullah the Butcher of tag teams of actually can do moves. Yeah. Um, they finally decide to leave in uh, 1988. final 1988. Final
2: match is at Clash of Champions 2 against Koloff and Steve Williams. Um, despite that was cl- Clash 3? Cl- and who are they about to face in those fucking tag team title the fucking, they were about to face him. Who were they about to face, John? Dr. Death and Nikita Koloff. Oh, no. Oh, who are they about the to fantastics. face? The Fantastics. Of course. Of course.
0: Why wouldn't they f- so, face the something. Fantastics? So, here's something.
2: Obviously, they love money, and they, they're kind of seeing the writing on the wall that they've gone to every territory and said New Zealand is good, and then as soon as they got beat up, said, I actually rescind that. They've done that 900 times, but more than that, they were talking about how it was super hard to be a road act with what they were doing, is basically like beat. Beat everybody for a month, second month, go out on your backs. They talked about how that, because this is, and people don't really focus on this, this is TBS Crockett, so they're jobbing out to the Fantastics and the Fabulous Ones, but people are actually seeing it, and then they're coming to their town, and they already kind of know the pattern of what they're about to do. So like their cheap heat New Zealand rules shit isn't getting over, it's still working, but it's not working as much. They both see diminishing returns on it, so they go to the Bushwhackers and become Crocodile Dundee backslash Eugene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eugene Dundee, as you would call. It is pretty amazing
0: also how quickly, like, you could see, actually, no, that's not fair, but how quickly they made this decision. It took them fucking 22 years. But they also, it's amazing how quickly they are able to reinvent, and how... Essentially, the sheepherders. It's an like it's it's never acknowledged. It's like they, their fed run yeah. is eight years, eight years of a thirty year career, and that is yeah. their defining moment. And it's of course it is because they're just team they're team fucking players. It's great. It's fantastic. And you listen, ladies and gentlemen. After the break, we will discuss at length the bushwhackers in the WWF. I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait. I'm about to. I'm about to whack in
2: a bush right now. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I jack off. Not me. <laughs> oh, yo. Yo. After the bake, we'll bugger da ba 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 da ba? Oh, it's time for our break. To have a break. Break.
0: Everyone's breaking. We're broken. Yeah. Not like Matt Hardy, because nice. we're not paying Impact any money. Yay. Go to patreon.com, wrestler review. There's a backslash in there and give us some fucking cash, you fucking shits, so you can decide what wrestler we review next or to pay us enough money to get a Barry Darso Tattoo. Only one of us will do that because the other one already has given his body for stupid ideas. Now enjoy the rest of the episode, and if you don't,
2: shut up your fat. Patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. Please give us so much money.
0: Don't fucking correct my commercial. It's December 1988, ladies and gentlemen. We're all about to get the greatest Christmas present from Santa McMahon ever. Luke and Butch (laughs) debut in the WWF. Are they crazy fucking brawlers? No. They're called the Bushwhackers, and they're literally fucking idiots that move stupidly, and their only move is licking kids and then running into each other. It's the fucking best.
2: And it's... Very on brand. Oh, for I would say th- wrestling. This is because
0: this is the only time a com- a, a holy comedic character has worked in the WWF and never needed changing, and no one ever wanted it to change. It was, it's the perfect family friendly character. It was totally separate from Hulk Hogan or any other big sort of family friendly kid impressive stars, but fuck me were they over, and fuck me did people like them?
2: Man, I loved these guys when I was a kid. I only now remembered, and also it's super great timing because they debut in 1988 and Crocodile Dundee 2 comes out in 1988. Once again, I understand the difference between a person from New Zealand and an Australian. The average American person doesn't. No. They got the same accent. And they don't. It's Canadian and American accent in that amongst the New Zealand, they can tell but no one else can tell
0: is basically the problem.
2: Well, people from New Zealand can tell the difference between that and an Australian accent?
0: Yeah, and like if you hear it, like I could tell the difference usually between an Australian and a, and a Kiwi accent yeah. in the same way that Canadians can usually guess an American. Sorry, I just dropped the microphone.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. An American accent, for those of you wondering, maybe we are all listeners in Old GB, Americans speak with purpose. Uh, Canadians can just. You just kind of keep on talking. Yeah, Canadians. Canadians (laughs) sound like people who have lost
0: the will to live before they were born.
2: (laughs) There's a really. I started watching uh, Dragons Den, which is the Canadian version of uh, Shark Shark Tank Tank in the states. It's fucking awesome. um, It's the
0: best thing on Canadian television. It's just a redheaded woman and five dudes crushing the dreams of people from small towns. Uh, yeah, I've invented a Dude. thing that cures cancer. Not marketable. Get the fuck away from me, you fucking
2: scrub. <laughs> I love it. And the other thing is, uh, there's the Canadian one is so much meaner than you watch Shark Tank, obviously violent name. Yeah. They come in. Shark Tank also like, has, you know a, what, you did try. Yeah. And it has
0: yeah. people that you would think would be, like, you would assume Mark Cuban would be like, bro, let me tell you why your idea is bad because I didn't think of it. Now, guess what? I fucked your wife. Ha <laughs> ha I got two private planes, and Mark Cuban is literally like, "You know what? <laughs> I did not want you to put clock into, clocks into human shit, but you know, you tried. I like that. I try too. I try to <laughs> fuck your wife."
2: <laughs> well, also, Canadi- Canadian Canadian uh, millionaires are never going to be in the public eye, so they're no. Like there was one where a guy came up with an invention. He's like, "I've spent I've spent hundreds of thousand dollars patenting this." And then the guy, and then the main guy was just like, "You're you're an idiot," and the other guy was like, "Yeah, you're an idiot," and then he, he walked away. And they just went, "That guy's an idiot." <laughs> was like that's so much, so brutal. You know what I mean? But you know what else? You know what? You're stepping on the dragon's den in the fucking tag division because uh, I'll tell you this: the Bushwhackers start feuding with the Rougeau brothers, and apparently, uh, they just uh, wouldn't give them fucking anything. They talked about how Raymond was easy to work with, but the jock is just like, and people have heard this, the biggest piece of shit in the world. Uh, no, no, no. It apparently went Dynamite Kid, then Jacques Rougeau. Well, that was the other thing they talk about, is the whole reason that the Bushwhackers even got brought in is because Dynamite Kid is out of the Fed at this time. Oh, so they needed another tag team. So they... They were like, yeah, Vince viewed them as a British tag team. Well, that's the best that, <laughs> Which I really what like. What I also really like is
0: Vince McMahon's answer to two incredibly strong men that powered through everyone was two dudes who looked like they smoked in the morning doing none of that. <laughs> 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 we need to replace... I wonder how they came up. We need to replace these two yeah. pieces
2: of steak. Get me two napkins. <laughs> 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 All right, we got, a, we got two really great workers. I've actually done a study that... Reveals the people like camo and licking. Yeah. So let's get some camo and licking out there, baby. Yeah. Is there a
0: way to find two adults that you wouldn't be shocked ate their boogers? Yeah. Get me them.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is, um, I, I want to ask you flat out, because they don't really have many like great feuds. They pretty much just job to people and in one instance are basically part of a punishment for Greg Hammer Valentine for... I don't know what Korea Hammer Valentine did, but he did not enjoy working with the Bushwhackers. But what did you think of the battering ram? I loved it. As a kid, I was like, that's the best idea I've ever fucking heard. You take your friend's <laughs> head and you run it at people. What the fuck's wrong with that? <laughs> I remember, I think it was Earthquake and Typhoon, No sold the battering ram, and I was like well, that makes sense. They're too fat. Yeah, no. But, <laughs> like, that but was this blub- is, by the way, this
0: was the logic love- of early
2: 90s wrestling, which was the fatter you are, the stronger you
0: were. And, and like basically any move yes, that the yes. Natural Disasters didn't sell, I was like, logically that makes sense. Their blubber acts as some sort of shield.
2: I it, The same thing where it's like, well, I, why aren't, why isn't the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing the fattest? His head would be so fat, no one could ever knock him out. 100%. That, by that logic, Butterbean
0: should have been the heavyweight champion of the world.
2: When do you think it stopped being appropriate for what the Bush... Like, all right, so the Bushwhackers are new characters. In ni- in 1989. Year by year. yeah. 1988, they're new characters. When would it be wildly inappropriate for them to lick? Because it's okay that they lick... Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's okay with, that they lick kids' faces now because, oh, they did this since 1988, they're fine. But, like, if the Bushwhackers came in as a new character and the, one of the things they did was lick a kid's face, when is that, like, oh, you cannot do that?
0: Ironically, because of the Attitude Era, I'm going to say it's 1998. In that you could have gotten away with a lot of stuff in the Attitude Era, but if you had the Bushwhackers just licking people's faces, that would have been trouble.
2: Yeah, because if the rest of the show is just, like, A pimp but that's fine it's like why is he is he tagging that one for later Hmm. (laughs) gross yeah it's literally like that that black man just gave birth to a
0: hand also i'll fuck you also he's licked some kids like it's just weird
2: so do you think that like uh if the Bushwhackers were around in the Attitude era, that their gimmick would have just been they eat good puss, or do you think they would have like sucked good dick? Like which one?
0: Uh, the connection cut out, so all I heard was so. Do you think they would have sucked a good dick? So you're gonna need to repeat the question. Also, best thing to hear after a pause ever.
2: <laughs> so if the Bushwhackers were around in the Attitude era, what would their gimmick have been? Would they have like licked a good puss or sucked a good dick, or what? What do you think would have been? I think that it would have just they
0: would have been May Young's joint boyfriend. And they would have just made crazy noises, and at some point dressed as women, and then at another point fucked the, God, the God, uh, Godfather's hose <laughs> and at some point joined no, the no, Ministry no. of fucked Darkness. No, no, fucked the Godfather. They would have fucked the Godfather. They would have battering rammed, but it would have been Luke using Butch's that, dick that would have been real good. to fuck the Godfather, and then they would have joined Right to Censor. That's what it would have been.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There would have been a scene where they go, whoa, and just white covers the screen, and then they fuck the Godfather, and then they become the Godfather's hoes. Yes.
0: Oh, actually, I wish they'd done that. That would have been very funny. If just for a few weeks, Dude, they we lasted- were the Godfather's hose.
2: They lasted in the WWF until 1996. Yeah. They were one year away. From the Attitude Era. Like, the Nation of Domination and Sable and all that. There's
0: no way Vince McMahon was going to fight. Like, A, it's also... WCW, because at a certain point, if you would release the Bushwhackers, WCW would have taken them. Once the NWO happened, there's no way they were going to WCW. Because, like, you'd have to put them in the NWO, and
2: imagine how fucking weird that would be. (laughs) That would have been amazing and eight years no one ever wanted them to turn heel ever i don't want them to turn heel now also by the way they could come back
0: today and i guarantee draw i would buy i would buy the network to watch the match that they had
2: dude they're checked they're both still alive they both look good they could come back today this is what i'm saying like everyone talks about how you you should have like a Really, like, age-friendly finishing move. What I mean by that is, like, Seth Rollins cannot even do the curb stomp past, like, probably 50. Like, he's probably gonna have to stop, like, taking bookings at 50. Triple H is gonna have to stop doing the pedigree in, like, 10 years. But the Bushwhackers can do the battering ram until they're literally... One of them could die. And the other one would just do the battering ram with the dead one. Yeah. Right? Like, that's how set would, up these guys are. It would actually yeah, improve it if he just used a
0: coffin as the battering ram because it would be a lot stronger.
2: <laughs> but, all right. All right. So, let's rifle off some people that the Bushwhackers got beat up by. Of course, we talked about the National Disasters, the Nasty Boys, the Beverly Brothers. Um, the And Beverly they were really mad. Well, they were mad because the Beverly Brothers had the genius as the manager, so they got Jameson. Do you remember Jameson? Yes, another John. stand-up
0: comedian that Vince McMahon found that was like, we'll make him a star. And it was also rumored for a long time that and what was that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that Jameson it was, was Andy also Kindler. Andy Kindler, but it wasn't.
2: Yeah, that would have been too perfect. It would have been too
0: fucking who, amazing. What was
2: Jameson's character, John?
0: He was a nerd idiot, I believe, that ate boogers.
2: Yep. And he was on the Bobby Heenan show. Oh yeah, the best. Did he actually eat boogers though? Was that implied? He I th- was. I think that was implied. I'm sure he was. If they offered you that role, would you take it, John? Yeah. You're like, listen, I haven't really been on TV in the states, but I'll be the guy who eats boogers. Yeah, hundred percent. So they beat. They lost to uh, the Head Shrinkers. They did a surprise appearance, um, and helped doink the clown. And uh, they also, uh, in Survivor Series 93, actually um, won uh, a dual match with uh, with Men on a Mission against uh, Bigelow, Bastion Booger, and the Head Shrinkers. So, imagine fucking that. Like, imagine being a smart fan back then. Bam Bam Bigelow, who we reviewed recently, coming out. Flame Tattoos. And then he's (laughs) feuding with a man whose theme song was just farts. Yes, a man (laughs) whose theme song was farts.
0: No, he's teaming with a man whose theme song is farts. And then he's going to fight Doink the Clown, whose um, team is Men on the Mission and uh, the Bushwhackers. And they're all going to be painted like (laughs) clowns. They also feuded with the Heavenly um, Bodies, which are Jimmy Del Rey and Tom Pritchard, two old school territory guys who definitely would have known what yeah. the Sheep Herders were like, so must have been shocked when they got to WrestleMania 10 for a dark match and were like, uh, so I assume you guys just get stabbed by us? No, nah, I mean, now what we do is we act
2: like we don't know how to read. <laughs> and the other crazy thing about uh, these guys is, like the one thing I really like, rather, is um, that they were both, this is why it's good to hire people of different ages, obviously, because these dudes looked so... They look so helpless when they were getting beaten up because if you're a kid, these guys all look like your uncle. So it looks like two of your nice uncle is just getting beaten up by these, by these soy boys.
0: mm Yeah, they are two soy boys. That's for sure.
2: They are pure soy boys. But what also I can't figure out when you
0: do research is it seems like they take like six months off. Like every, like they're like, they'll do dark matches, kind of like get like a really like low-level heel tag team over.
2: And then they'll just fuck off for a while. At this time, they're in their 50s, John.
0: No, I understand that. But it's still like, the Vince McMahon is many things. Compassionate has never been one of them.
2: But that's the thing. That's the thing that they do now, way worse than what they did then, is the Bushwhackers are essentially 3MB. Remember 3MB? Drew McIntyre. The three-man band, yeah. And Heath Slater? Yeah. yeah. 3MB, comedy, they jobbed all the time. But the thing is, the necessity of having three, two or three hours of TV a week means you have to watch these dudes lose every time, whereas the Bushwhackers come through once every three months or so, and then you remember, oh, the Bushwhackers, they're fun. Oh, these guys are beating up the Bushwhackers. I hate them.
0: Can I just say this? As just say This is a total sidebar. Total fucking sidebar.
2: So, beat me in the sidebar. What's the cover? You tell me, John. Heath Slater's fucking WWF
0: career is shockingly long.
2: Yes, because that's how much longer you can last when you just lose to everybody. It's insane. He's
0: been there. He's been in the fucking company. How long do you think he's been in the fucking company? Are you ready to say a number that's going to make you super fucking unimpressed? 12 years. He has been wrestling for 14 years. He has been in the Fed for
2: eight. Yeah. It's insane. Because nothing changes anymore. This is why, like, this is why everyone liked wrestling way more when there was competition i'm not going to say in the 90s and 80s just when there was competition because look at look at the eight-year run of the bushwhackers is essentially they're done being full-time after four years yeah 93 to 96 is just them going through and losing to people once in a bit because people want the bushwhacker pop and then you take away from them yeah um whereas he's he's slater who's had good gimmicks before and done a really good job as a wrestler throughout his time, no one really cares. Yeah, justifiably, no one gives a fuck about Heath Slater. No
0: one's like, get me Heath Slater. Everyone's like, why why is Heath Slater still here? He's bummed me up?
2: Well, he's good. Like, he's just a good wrestler. John, uh, we're the Bushwhackers in ECW.
0: Yes, of course they were. They were Luke and Butch Dudley. They were the cousins of the Dudley boys in the greatest moment ever in ECW.
2: It was so good. Oh, it's fucking great. So they came out to wrestle Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman, and uh, then the Dudleys jumped them from behind, and the entire time, the Bushwhackers are just going, whoa, in the background. (laughs) They're, They're completely clueless as to... Like, that might be the most true usage of the Bushwhacker characters, because all they're doing in the background is acting like they don't know that these two guys are getting the shit kicked out of them. It's fucking great. They're just, like, really still pumped to hang out. Yeah! It's really good. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy, because I would figure that, of any place, these fucking Philadelphia neckbeards would have remembered the sheep herders. And uh, it would have been YOLO time. No, because as much as every
0: ECW fan wants to be like, "Man, I remember everything," it's also like, "Yeah, but you also liked, st-
2: you like stupid stuff too."
0: I need to stop dropping the fucking phone.
2: Yeah, everyone. Like everyone loves the bushwhackers. Yeah,
0: me especially. I love whacking a nut. I love.
2: No, I like them more. John, what's your favorite thing about the bushy wushies uh, it was it, it was something else, but now
0: it's the nickname, the Bushy Bushies. I'm going to say my favorite thing about the Bushwhackers is the Battering Ram. Let me explain. It is the perfect finishing move for a comedy tag team, or a comedy anyone, in that it's yep. so stupid, yep. but it captures the imagination of kids, which is who that tag team was appealing for. I understand that we're smart, Mark dicks, and all this sort of stuff, and we're supposed to hate anything that isn't like Jim Cornette saying cunt to the Midnight Express while they're beating up the Rock and Roll Express in 1988 while they're doing a match in Japan. But I just love the Bushwhackers that their finishing move was I'm going to run slowly at another guy and fucking knock you down while using this guy's head as a weapon. Yeah. It's great. It's perfect. They Like you say. Like and, and by the way, they were never the tag champions. They never did fuck all in the Fed and they are revered hall of fame legends and everyone not everyone loves the rock and everyone is like fuck yeah bushwhackers
2: yeah and the battle ram is fucking great for that reason it's like here's the thing about comedy tag teams and comedy characters in like the mid early 90s late 80s versus like now mm-hmm. is that like yes you're right they could play it to kids and that move did make sense to kids adults see that and think that's the fucking dumbest thing you've ever seen in my life but now, since they're, like, way more adults, anytime there's, like, a, a comedy character, they kind of have to go over the top and make it super obvious that it's a comedy character. Like the Santino thing, like how he has the cobra sock and all that stuff. Yeah, baby. But, like, I like this style of comedy character more where it's, like, yeah, it's funny because it's fucking stupid. But, like, we're not going to, like, the characters don't know they're being stupid. You know? Like, Santino knows he was being stupid the whole time. But, like, the Bushwhackers, like, their character is two Eugenes, like it or don't like it, but they're just two, like, lovable, older-looking dudes. And also, by the way, they brought new
0: fans to the Fed. uh, You've met my uncle, who's a man who likes opera and fine food and is an incredibly cultured former diplomat. The only wrestlers he likes. So cultured. The only wrestlers he likes are the Bushwhackers. He thinks they're fucking hilarious.
2: Yeah, of course, because this is, like, this is, like, oh, yeah – it's the two ways you can do about wrestling being fake, where it's like, uh, you oh yeah, you think wrestling's fake? Well, the Sandman actually just hit Tommy Dreamer's real kid with a chair. Now that kid's dead. That's on you, because you said it was fake. Yeah. Or the other way you could do it is like, is it fake? Yes. Why are you taking your life so seriously? Can't we just like dumb things? If I showed you a monster truck, uh, a monster truck shit right now, We'd all be so excited if we were at Monster Trucks. That's what wrestling is. It's just Monster Trucks with real people. Can I'm going to get that on a, as a tattoo on my stomach.
0: I already have it as a tramp stamp.
2: Wrestling is just Monster, tr- <laughs> monster Trucks with real people. It's the most accurate thing I've ever said about I already have that tramp stamp. My favorite thing about the Bushwhackers is, yeah, so. i, I got to throw this out there. Can I tell you? Yeah. These two men have the most resilient hairlines in the history of Bangkok. (laughs) They both have all their hair and they're in their 80s. I'm into it.
0: Yeah, man. That's what happens when you have no tension or stress in your life.
2: (laughs) I mean, they had some tension. They were like in Malaysia where they thought it was real. And getting shot at, and they were still like, stay cool, stay calm, because I got the finest chibachi, bro. Yeah, they smoked... They were probably, like, th- the funnest guys hanging. out. They smoked weed and stabbed
0: people. They were fucking great. Uh, <laughs>
2: worst thing about the
0: Bushwhackers? I'll tell you what the worst thing about this Bushwhackers episode. We didn't talk about how they were the psycho twins in the 1994 episode of Family Matters where Carl Winslow and Steve Urkel they weren't. Uh,
2: wrestle people at something called... Um, wrestle rama uh no the uh they urkel and carl were the psycho twins the bushwhackers played themselves
0: oh still though i miss the days when abc uh, tgif for some reason really pro had uh, used a lot of wrestlers for example vader was th-
2: i mean they had a lot of episodes yeah. like back before netflix was like oh it's eight it's actually eight episodes and there's a real arc to it And if you watch it three times, you'll discover the arc is actually about how we use too much plastic and we're destroying the world. Back when you had to make thirty episodes, it was something like I don't know, episode fifteen, what's the Miz doing? Um, we have no idea. Yeah, he's dating
0: Laura briefly. Go fuck yourself.
2: Uh, some kids go to school. Then the Miz is there. I don't know, man. I'm taking a shit. You write the rest of it. Yeah, and then he like. That's how. That's how TV should be.
0: And then he becomes
2: Bruce Lee for a bit, I guess. I don't know. Talking's hard. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We came here asleep. And I really hope the Bushwhackers, they did a very special episode where the Bushwhackers talked to Laura about what it's like to uh, be of a different culture in the United States.
0: Oh, I bet you they do. And I bet you it's offensive.
2: Whoa, black people. Whoa. (laughs) 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 Whoa. what do you think, Luke? No, 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 yeah. no, no. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah!
0: Worst thing about the... Bu- <laughs> Here's the worst thing about the Bushwhackers. Never became tag team champions. I think they should have been tag team champions one time. For like four years? Yeah, they should have been tag team champions for four years. That's the worst thing. Never got a tag belt.
2: They Line up, battering rammed, everyone falls out of the ring. Great. Yeah. I think the worst thing about the uh, Bushwhackers... I mean, they kind of are what they are. I don't think I have a worse thing. Uh, maybe that they're not, they don't get brought back enough, I guess, on WWF, WWE television. Because it feels like their whole gimmick is you move your arms up and down, you walk to the ring, and then they can go, whoa, and then they can leave. Wrestling's run too much by dorks now. It's like, just get some, uh, let's get some uh, fun characters in there again. How about a guy who thinks he's literally a dinosaur? Dinosaur boy. Why not? Let's have some fun.
0: Yeah. I think you understand that they're going to do that for sure.
2: They have to. They're running out of alive people. <laughs> like they fucked. Like if the Bushwhackers didn't go in in 2015 to the Hall of Fame, they would have been like the headliners of their year for the Hall of Fame. Because like they're going to have to do something fucked with the Hall of Fame soon because there's too many people. They could have an entire four. Like Owen Hart's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, Bam Bam's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, O'Vader isn't. Owen Hart won't go into the Hall of Fame, ever. Yeah, because of the lawsuit. Because yeah. of the fact that... Which is terrifying. Yeah,
0: that Vince McMahon had to pay money to the grieving widow of the man his, um, uh, his company, uh, helped to kill. So, it's not his fault, but, you know, it, <laughs> negligence <laughs> on the part of his employees so led fucked. to his death. So, like, and so Vince McMahon's great yeah. revenge is, you don't go into the fake thing. Listen, <laughs> it's already fucked. Not the Hall of Jeff Jarrett's in the fucking Hall of Fame, everybody. Like it's so fucking crazy.
2: It's fucked. Um Yeah, I the worst thing about the Bushwhackers is honestly that maybe they didn't do the sheep herders in, in attitude era, but that wouldn't have worked. I think everything with the they're kinda were what they were. They wrestled for thirty years as a tag team and then still get paydays because they show up and go whoa and then they leave. Like they're as far as where they came from to where they ended up, they have the best journey in wrestling history maybe because they started out in Australia, then they went to Canada. From 79 to 88, they literally did every territory until territory wrestling was no longer a thing. When territory wrestling absolutely was no longer a thing, they signed to the WWF and got another eight years out of their career. Oh my god. Like, no, they're- the success these guys had was insane. They're fantastic. They weren't even on TV for the first fucking, what? Twenty years of their career like you couldn't find a tape of them because they had only wrestled in front of handfuls of rednecks fantastic um john yes sir that's the end of the fucking episode are you you're a big bitch aren't you n- n- no no that's you you are shut up john yes ma- are you still at the adelaide fringe festival with
0: the bushwhack dylan i am currently in the place where the bushwhackers are not from australia But I will be here till the end of...
2: No, they're from there, too. I'll be here from the end of March, bitch. Being great. YOLO. Well, it's Sunday, so my week's done. But I had a fun time in Ottawa. And then uh, I'll be in Hamilton or some other bullshit Canadian cities. Just check my Twitter, at Dilgott, D-Y-L-E-N, G-O-double-up-that-T. At the John Hastings, the... And then John Hastings, because John's not prompted. He didn't get his own Twitter handle, and you can get us at wrestler review do you know how to spell wrestler review it's that with no spaces yeah. and if you don't know how to, spe- to spell enemy. wrestler review go fuck yourself we don't want you as our fans okay now here's what I want everyone to do put your phone take the phone take the phone out take the if you're listening to this if on a bluetooth headset turn that off put it on speaker so everyone can hear everyone can hear alright the podcast put your butt on the phone put your butt on the phone ah oh, oh, I'm licking your ass now <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sit on the phone, you fucking loser.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, between it being about the bushwhackers are you coming and how Dylan yeah. is now rim jumping the entire listening audience, this is the greatest episode we've ever done.
2: This is the best episode I've ever done. Uh it's 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 kinda short, but so is my DR. Nice. Good night, everybody. Nice.
0: Yeah, but we got now you guys get to listen to a bushwhacker promo. Allow me to do an impression of every <laughs> Bushwhacker
2: promo whoa yeah whoa <laughs> that's gonna be exactly it yeah it's gonna be fucking great
0: um ladies and gentlemen Ford Dylan got the butch of this tag team I'm the Luke
2: he's Sweet William I'm Luke no oh, wait Luke was Sweet William dum-dum alright bye-bye whoa
1: good to walk in the arena and to see all the kids swinging their arms oh not only the kids cousin luke but all our mates out there all the bushwaggers right, as we're coming in cousin luke as we're climbing the as we're coming. marching as we're going to the top That's of right, the ww tag team ladder all our all our mates out there, of them, Ruse, guys, they're doing it with us! They're <laughs> climbing to the top with us, cousin! They're helping us match our opponents, cousin! We're all going together, cousin! We're matching over the line! It's one for all! And all, all our mates out one, guys, there guys. for the bushwhackers! Once again, the walking natural disaster leaves behind a disaster area. And you can expect nothing less Saturday evening, September 29th, at the Nassau Coliseum, when the earthquake collides with the former prison guard, the big boss man. The earthquake still wearing the scars of the last time he took on the former prison guard. It is going to be a collision you are never going to forget. A Harlem street fight is going to take place between Jake the Snake Roberts and Akeem. The rules regarding this one... There are no rules. The bushwhackers Luke and Butch in six-man tag team action, they'll team up with hacksaw Jim Duggan. Together they meet the Orient Express, Sato and Tanaka, and their manager, Mr. Fuji. The Superfly Jimmy Snuka. He faces ravishing Rick Rude, and both the Warlord and Haku will be set for singles competition. But right now, let's get back to this six-man tag team encounter. Luke and Butch standing by with hacksaw. Whoa! Yeah! Whoa! Nassau County Coliseum, you got a chance to witness the most unique team in the WWF. I'm talking about the whackers and the hacksters, and we're coming after the Orient Express. Oh boy, gentlemen, oh what fun we're gonna have there! And man, oh man, we couldn't have picked a better partner! The walking tall American hero, Big Hacksaw, Jim Duggan! That's right, man, America, the man, the man behind the ball! I'm looking forward to some Bushwhacker sushi and Nassau, tough guy. Oh yeah. It's three on three when Hacksaw and the Bushwhackers meet the Orient Express and Mr. Fuji. The earthquake, he tangles with the big boss man.